do you find yourself most likely to give thanks to God? In good times or bad? When you've just received some good news, when you've just received some tremendous blessing, or when you've just received some terrible news? Well, honestly, if you're like me, you're more likely to give thanks in good times. You're more likely to give thanks when you're living in good circumstances, when you've just received some wonderful blessing from God. Should we give thanks in good times? Absolutely we should. But tonight, we're going to see that Paul challenges us on this matter. He challenges me on this matter. This is what Paul writes. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You see three things there that need to be involved in our worship. There's joy, right? Rejoice always. There's prayer, and there's thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. This is our simple big idea tonight for the message. Here it is. It's just simply this. Offer thanks to God in all circumstances. In all circumstances. And so in verse number 18, we're going to see that Paul gives us a command, he gives us a continuum, and he gives us a cause. So let's just break it down. Let's just take them one at a time as we normally do, all right? So number one, Paul gives us a command, and what is the command in verse number 18? It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Simply to do what? To give thanks. You know, the Bible is filled with commands, isn't it? I mean, God tells us what's right. God tells us what's not right. God tells us how to get right. And God tells us how to stay right. Our creator instructs us the best way to live. He tells us how we are to live as his creations. And I believe that when we live in obedience to God's commands, we live our best lives possible. Do you believe that God's will and God's way and God's commands are the best way to live? I mean, look, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir tonight. We're, we're church folk. We're sitting in, in church on a Saturday night, you know? Um, I guess, is there nothing better to do out there? Of course there's all kinds of things to do out there, but we're here tonight. Why? Because we, we, have, there's, we see the value in, in living God's way, right? If you believe that, say Amen. Right? We believe, we believe in that there's value in that. And God didn't create us as robots. He didn't create us as automatons that we would automatically do his commands. In his sovereignty, God chose to give us a will to choose whether or not we are going to obey his commands. And it goes all the way back to the garden. There was a choice that was given to Adam and to Eve, and they made their choice, and, and we're bearing the, the consequences of the choice they made way back then. Well, here is another one of God's commands. Simply give thanks. And we find this command over and over in the Scripture. The Scripture is clear about this, and I could cite for you now uh, you know, 50, 60 verses in Scripture that, that, that command us to give 
thanks. I'll just cite one, Psalm 111, verse 1. Praise the Lord. David says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. So there, David talks about both individual giving of thanks and collective or corporate giving of thanks, doing it individually and then doing it together as a congregation. You know, as you look at the scripture, unbelievers, by contrast, are not marked with gratitude and thankfulness. They're marked with unthankfulness. Uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 21 tells us that when they knew God, they did not glorify God or show gratitude. You look at the, the, the condition of our world today, you can go to Romans 1, you can say, you know what? It, it goes way back to, to people not showing God thanks and, and gratitude. And when that happens, there's a downward spiral and it gets really dark to the point where God ends up turning us over to our own way, our own desires, even as, as wicked as they may be. God turns people over to that and you can trace it all the way back to ungratefulness. Second Timothy chapter three, Paul says this. He says, know this, hard times are gonna come in the last days for people will be lovers of self, check, Lovers of money, check. Boastful, check. Proud, check. Demeaning, check. Disobedient to parents, check. Ungrateful. Ungrateful, check. You know, the thankless world, those in the world, they fall into three different categories. Three categories of the, the thankless. The first category are those who think that things happen in their life, those good things in their life, just as a result of luck. I was just lucky, you know? Thank my lucky stars. Whatever little good comes their way, man, that's what they attribute it to. And all the rest of it, what is it? It's bad luck, right? The good and the bad, it all, they chalk it all up to good, to, to good or bad luck. Well, you can't thank lucky. Then there are those who think that things happen due to some force out there, some certain inevitability that's present, maybe the stars, you know, uh, some other aberration uh, of their own thinking, a nameless force, and they'll say things like, it's destiny, right? It's fate. It, it was just meant to be, right? So there's those people who just chalk it all up to luck, then there are those who think there's some force like destiny, the stars, or whatever it is that makes things happen. And, of course, there's no one to thank there either. And then there are those who attribute the good in their life to themselves. This is a lot of people nowadays, right? Their skills, their hard work, their ingenuity, their persistence, you know? And, and they see that all the good things in their life is just a matter of, of who they are, their natural abilities or, or how they use their abilities. They dreamed it, they schemed it, they planned it, they made it happen, they pulled it off. And so where does the credit go in their case? It goes to themselves, right? They think they're responsible. After all, God didn't have anything to do with it in their mind. And so they don't give any 
credit to God. So either it's lucky or it's destiny or themselves to be thanked or, or if, there's, if they're religious, some false deity perhaps. But the living and true God gets no credit other than some occasional, you know, bone that they throw God in some religious ceremony of some sort, some moment of, of some gratitude, and they throw God a bone. Well, listen, what the scripture tells us is this. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. It's not luck. It's not destiny. It's not me. It's not you. It comes from God. And this is why the scripture tells us that we are to give thanks to God. So let's just talk about this command. What's involved in giving thanks? Well, let me give you four aspects of giving thanks. The first aspect of giving thanks is simply expression, our words, right? I mean, if you're going to give thanks to God... Uh, it's going to be vocalized in some sort. It may not be vocalized out loud. It may be in our heart, in our mind, uh, to the Lord. But, but we express in some language gratitude to God, right? We praise him. We lift up his name. We, just a few minutes ago, we, we sang songs of, of praise, right? It was expression. We were expressing thanks to him. It could happen in song. It could happen in testimony. It could happen in prayer. It could happen... Um, in conversation, but our words have power, and when we use them to express gratitude, we're acknowledging God's grace in our lives. And I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you, express verbally with your words, express thanksgiving to God. Express it with your words. The second aspect that I think is involved in giving thanks is perception. So there's expression with our words, and then there's perception, and that is with our thoughts, right? Giving thanks to God is more than just a verbal expression of gratitude. It's got to be more than that. Why? Well, we can say thank you and not mean it, can't we? Of course we can. We say, we say all kinds of things we don't mean, don't we? So, yeah, it, it, there has to be something more to giving thanks to God in a genuine kind of a way than just merely words rolling off of our tongue. There has to be something in our thoughts. It's a mindset. It's a mentality. Our minds play a crucial role in giving God thanks. Why? Well, it's in the mind that we understand the grace of God. We may not fully understand in the sense that why would God be so gracious to me, but it, it's in our minds that we understand that God is gracious. It's in our minds that we recall the times. If I were to, to say to you, hey, when, when was a time this week that you recognized some goodness of God in your life? You'd, you wouldn't use your words, you would use your your brain, you would use your mind, your thoughts, right? You would go back in your thoughts to what happened this week or maybe right now, sitting right here. If you could, if, I, if for a moment I could say, hey, go back in your thoughts to a time, to something that still stands out to you as such a, a great blessing, a, a great answer to prayer, 
something that, that, that you were going through something and God just, boy, he, he met a need. He blessed you in some way. He helped you by giving you wisdom. It's in our mind that we perceive, that, that we can go back and recall those times. And it's in the mind that we actually make the decision to be grateful. And I think giving thanks, it is a decision. It is something that we, I think, have to mentally determine, decide that we are going to do, that we're going to express gratitude to God. And so I think that giving thanks involves some mental inventory of our lives. Can I challenge us to do that? Would you take some time over this week to just mentally inventory the various benefits that God has bestowed on you? Do we take enough time to really do that sort of inventory? We ought to. Think about the people in your life. Isn't it easy to take people for granted? this. Think about the people in your life. Sometimes we complain about the people in our life. Sometimes we even get angry at the people in our life. But can I encourage us to, to remember, to think upon, to take inventory of the people in our lives and to give thanks to God for them? What about the material provision, the, the possessions that you have? King David prayed, Wealth and honor come from you. We give you thanks. We praise your glorious name. Everything comes from you. Take some time. Just walk around your house. Walk through your garage. Walk around your yard and, and recognize that every good and perfect gift has come down from God. Think about your personal health. Think about your spiritual blessings. Are you saved? Have you been forgiven of your sins? Do you have a home in heaven? Think about the promises of God. Think about uh, the spiritual blessings that are given us in this life. Take mental inventory of these things. Perception and then expression. Express thanks to God. So there's expression, there's perception, and then there's the matter of the heart. And, and this is that third aspect, and that is appreciation. Appreciation. Because realistically, gratitude is first and foremost, isn't it a matter of the heart? It is, right? It's a matter of the heart. It's a heart issue. We can say, thank you, Lord, upon taking even a mental inventory of God's goodness and grace, but we can do it without a, a deep-seated appreciation in our heart to God. You, you understand where I'm going with this? We can express without real gratitude. We can even perceive without real gratitude. It's got it's to come from a place of deep-seated appreciation in our heart. Sometimes I think what happens is, is if we would take the time to verbally express even when we don't feel, see, I think sometimes we wait until we feel something before we express something. And I don't think there's anything wrong with expressing gratitude to God while we may not feel any deep-seated, you know, appreciation in our heart. If we would give thanks and take inventory, sometimes it takes a little while for our heart to catch up. But 
That's where thanksgiving, it needs, it needs to move in that direction, where it shouldn't just be verbal expression. It shouldn't just be mental perception. There ought to be a deep-seated appreciation in our heart for the goodness of God in our life. And so, why don't we always have this deep-seated appreciation in our heart? Let me give you an, an idea. Is it because... We're harboring other sins in our heart, particularly a sin that we know as covetousness. When we have a covetous heart, we, we're not grateful for what we have. Why? Because a covetous heart is thinking about what we don't have. It's wanting something else. God's given us this, we want this. How are you going to thank God for this if you're wanting this, right? Covetousness squelches gratitude in our life. And we tend to focus on what we don't have. But church, listen, this is a recipe for a miserable life. If all we ever think about is what we don't have or what we wish we had, man, we're going to be miserable. The key to a happy life is a, it's developing a grateful heart. When we focus on the blessings rather than our wants, we're happier. Amen? Have you experienced this? Right? So put to rest, right? Confess the covetousness so that there can be this deep-seated appreciation and gratitude to God, Billy Graham once said this, nothing turns us into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. And nothing will do more to restore contentment and the joy of our salvation than a true spirit of thankfulness. So there's expression, there's perception, there is appreciation, and I think the fourth, fourth aspect of giving thanks is action, our behavior, our behavior. Because giving thanks shouldn't stop with our words. Giving thanks to God ought to be reflected in how we live our lives, in our conduct, in our behavior. When we truly understand the depths of God's grace, it changes the way that we live, doesn't it? It inspires us to live lives of love and kindness and generosity, as we'll see next weekend. When we see the grace and the goodness of God in our lives, it motivates us to serve others, to give of ourselves, to share the good news to those who don't know him, those who haven't experienced the, the bountiful grace of God, right? And so, when we have a deep-seated appreciation for the goodness and the grace of God in our life, it's going to come out somewhere in our lives. It's not going to just stay in here. It's not only going to be up here. It's not only going to come out here. It's going to involve our hands and our feet and how we live our lives. So here's what you can do. You can say, do my hands and my feet, do, does my behavior exemplify a real gratitude to God? If not, why? Well, check at the heart. Just work your way back up. What, what's going on? Am I, am I 
Am I wanting something I don't have and I'm not looking at what I do have, right? You just work back up the chain and you'll find, you'll be able to pinpoint where the ingratitude, what's going on in your heart and in your life. Are we obeying a simple command like giving thanks? Was it Deal Moody who said, you know, I'm not so concerned about the things in the Bible I don't know. What concerns me most is what I do know and don't do. I mean, is this the first message you've ever heard on giving thanks? If you've been in church more than a year, I dare say not. <laughs> I mean, like, I look around the room. We've, most of us have been in church a, a little while. We, we know what God's word says about this. We know what the command is to give thanks. The question is, is are we obeying the command? Well, let's, let's look at the second point here. There's the command. Second is the continuum. As we go through the verse, he says, give thanks, what? In everything. In everything. Is it good to have a day of thanksgiving? I think so. I'm not opposed to, you know, having a day of thanks. I think nationally it used to have some meaning that it doesn't really have nationally anymore. But, you know, for believers, I think it's great that we have a day of thanksgiving. That's a good thing. Uh, what about a month of Thanksgiving? You know, I see people on Facebook do that. Every day they, they post something that they're thankful for. Great, that's a good thing. Any, anything that, that, that is prompting us to, to express thanks to God, that is a good thing. But understand something. What Paul is calling for here, it's not a, just a day of Thanksgiving. It's not just a month of Thanksgiving. What he is calling us to is living a life of thanksgiving, as it's been called, thanks living. Thanks living. That's the kind of life that he is calling us to do when he says, give thanks in everything. Dr. Rod Mattoon in his Treasures from Scripture series, he identifies three levels of gratefulness. I want to give them to you. Uh, each level demonstrates a, a growth in our Christian maturity. The first level is being grateful when you're blessed. This comes pretty naturally, doesn't it? I think so. When, when, you're, not, when you're not, you know, thinking luck or destiny or, you know, me, when, you, when you're a believer and you know, you recognize every good gift comes from God, then yeah, when, when there's a blessing that comes our way, then there's there's some gratefulness, right? When things are going well, we should be grateful. We should be. But understand something. This is easy. This doesn't require a whole lot of maturity on our part as believers. It's important, yes, to be this way, but it doesn't require a lot of maturity. Level two, level two is being grateful for the hope of blessings yet to come, right? Level one is, We've been blessed. We've seen it. We've experienced it. We've received it. Gratefulness. Level two is, hey, I believe that, that God is going to keep his promises and he's going to bless. Whatever the prayer, you're praying for wisdom. You believe that God is going to answer. James 1.5, he's going to give you the wisdom that you're asking, right? He's going to provide that for you. You're trusting that, right? This is a, another level 
of maturity. This level anticipates future blessings. It requires more what? More faith, right? Yeah, it requires a bit more maturity. Being grateful to God before a blessing is more difficult than being grateful afterwards, right? Level three is being grateful during a trial. This is level three stuff. This level requires the most faith, doesn't it? This requires the most maturity. It's a level that few people ever reach in their spiritual growth. It's here that we're grateful to the Lord in the midst of our battles, in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of whatever difficulty that we're going through. We can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We have no idea how this thing is going to turn out, but we know that the Lord is going to come through somehow. might not work out as we imagine, but we believe that God is going to come through. When Paul says, give thanks in everything, this is what he's saying. He's saying, give thanks in every circumstance, in the midst of every situation, no matter how good or adverse it may be. So church, we're to be thankful not only in pleasant situations, we are to be thankful in the circumstances we don't like. Do you go through circumstances you don't like? Yeah, we all do. We all do. When Daniel, we just finished uh, studying the book of Daniel not too long ago, when when Daniel learned that evil men were plotting against him to destroy him, remember what he did? Daniel chapter 6, he went into his house, he got down on his knees, and what did he do? He gave thanks. Yeah, he prayed. He gave thanks, it says. He continued to thank God even when he was at risk of being thrown to the lions for giving thanks to God. When in prison, the Apostle Paul, who's the author of this letter that we're reading tonight, 1 Thessalonians, the author of this, he's sitting in prison in Rome, and, and what does he do? He continues to express thanks to God. Uh, he he wrote, writes another letter to the church at Philippi, and he, set, he opens up that letter by saying, I thank God. He's sitting in prison. <laughs> and the first words out of his mouth are, I thank God upon every remembrance of you. He's got this grateful heart. He says that he thanks God upon every remembrance of them, always in every prayer of his, for them, making requests with joy. Oh, this is the kind of guy that just makes you sick, right? I mean, he's happy, he's thanking God, and he's going through a trial, you know? Have you ever known someone like that? They're happy even when, you know, you're not happy it's kind of, it can be nauseating. That's the kind of guy, Paul, he practice, he's practicing what he preaches. And when we find him in, in Acts chapter 16, when he was in Philippi, right, the church he's writing the letter to, on his first visit there, this, the, the town goes up in an uproar. He gets thrown in jail with Silas, his, his co-laborer, and what are they doing in the middle of the night? Ah, they're singing praises to God. Thank, he's, he's thanking God, singing praises. Well, here he's writing a letter to these believers in Thessalonica. Listen, I need to tell you, these believers in Thessalonica, they were going through difficult times. 
the leaders of their city were threatening them. And yet Paul is telling these people who are going through some times of suffering, he's telling them, hey, give thanks in everything, in every circumstance. Notice Paul does not say, look at your Bible, Paul does not say, give thanks for everything. He says, give thanks in everything. Why, why do you think that's the case? Why, why does he use in and not for? I know those are English words, but you can, if you want to get your Greek, you know, New Testament out, you'll find it's the Greek word en, en, which is, you know, it's a preposition, and it's this word we translate in English, in. There's a, it's a different word. It's not, it's not the word for for, it's a word for in. So, so we're not talking about an English thing here. We're talking about Paul it says, give thanks in everything. He doesn't say give thanks for everything. Why? Well, because we live in a world where there's a lot of things that, that we don't give thanks for. Do we give thanks for evil? I don't. Turn the news on. You know, watch the news. I'm, I'm not giving thanks that, you know, people are murdering people. I, you see what happened in the news a couple, what has been a month ago now, what happened in Israel. I, do we thank God for what Hamas did to the people of it? Of course not. We don't give thanks to God for the injustice in the world, the cruelty in the world. We're not commanded to give thanks for it. We're commanded to give thanks in it, in it. You see, some think that God's love should or would shield us from all the bad. I mean, if God is a loving God, why, why does he allow bad things to happen in our life? Why does he allow trials and troubles? Listen, that teaching's not found in the Bible. It's not found in the Bible. Jesus promises his followers that not only will we have the same troubles all humans face, we, he's, he, he warned us that. He told us that we can expect that bad things are going to happen to us. There's no way of escaping this while we live in a sin-cursed planet. No one gets a free ride through life. You know, I've lived long enough to know that there is a story even behind the smiling faces. And that oftentimes the happiest people I know also have shared in some really deep sorrows and dark valleys. They've gone through some very terrible hardships. And yet, they have found a way through all the pain to walk with Jesus through it, to love Jesus through it, to trust the Lord Jesus Christ through it. See, when bad things happen, we can complain, we can grumble, we can rebel, we can worry, or we can thank God that he's still on the throne, that he is still good, that he is still wise, that he doesn't make any mistakes, that he's too loving to be unkind, that he's too powerful to be thwarted in this sublime purpose of what he is working out. That's why I believe the instruction to give thanks in everything, it helps us. Why? Because it may be good, it may be bad. Find a way to give thanks anyway. This is what Paul's saying. Ask the Lord, is there in this situation, what is there in this situation that I can give thanks for? I don't know what you're going through right now. It might be a terrible thing. 
ask God, Lord, what can I in this situation give thanks to you for? We know that God can use times of suffering to draw us closer to himself, right? We've all experienced that. Paul, or it was James who said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials in many of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. God uses difficulty in our life for good in our lives. That's why we can have thankful hearts toward God even when we do not feel thankful for our circumstances. We can grieve and still be thankful. We can hurt and still be thankful. I love Matt Redmond's song, Blessed Be Your Name. Don't you love that one? I think we sing it next Saturday. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. On the road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Church, there is always something to be thankful for, even in bad circumstances. Do you recognize the name Matthew Henry? Matthew Henry wrote a commentary on every book of the Bible a long time ago. Well, history tells us that he was once robbed. The thieves took everything of value. How many have ever been robbed? Have you ever had your home broken into and they take, you know, for, for Matthew Henry, they took everything of value that he had. And this, this was long before the days of Walmart and Amazon where you could just you know, order it all back, and insurance that, you know, helped cover all that stuff. This was a, a terrible loss for Matthew Henry. Well, later that evening, after the robbery, he wrote in his diary these words. He said, I am thankful that during these years, I have never been robbed before. Also, even though they took my money, they did not take my life. Although they took all I had, it was not very much. Finally, I am grateful that it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. Give thanks in everything. Look, this is difficult, isn't it? This is, this is, this can be terribly difficult, but it's the Holy Spirit of God who is our comforter. It's the Holy Spirit of God who fills us with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, right? It is the Holy Spirit of God who ministers to us in our times of loss and pain. And giving thanks during our times of suffering can help us keep our eyes on the Lord, right? And the Holy Spirit helps us do that, to walk with him, to keep our eyes on him. And so listen, this isn't a way of plugging our ears, you know, sticking our head in the sand. La, 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 la. Thank you, Lord. It's, it's not a matter of somehow mentally checking out. But rather like a small child, we raise our hands to the spirit in humility and honesty, asking for help and receiving fruit in our inner selves to sustain us. The Holy Spirit helps us to give thanks in everything, in everything. I think perhaps it's not a coincidence that Thanksgiving and other, you know, harvest festivals are, they all take place at the same time of year, right? At, at the end of, of autumn. The end of autumn is the beginning of what? 
I know here, it's just like, it's like, okay, it's the end of the hot time to the warm time. <laughs> we have hot and hotter. Is that all? Is, are those our two seasons? But in the rest of the world, there's this thing called winter. And winter is, you know, the, the leaves fall off the trees. And it's a time of dormancy, right? It, it's a time almost of, of death to a certain extent. I know, you know, I come from the, the Northeast, and I guess there, you get to about March, and if, this, if you still have three feet of snow on the ground, you'd rather die, I think, at times. So maybe that's what winter, you know, the winter death is all about. But, but, but you think about that. You think about the autumn, right? You think about the, the harvest, uh, the fruits that, that are brought in, the vegetables that are brought in. The idea is that that, that would provide uh, nourishment, right? You don't leave it out in the field to rot. You bring that in, and that is meant to sustain you through the winter season. The idea is that, look, God takes all of our circumstances. He takes all of our pain. He takes all of the, of the bad and he uses it, he, he uses it to shape us, to form us, to steadfastly do his work in us, our, our, our own harvest festival, if you will. This is why he exhorts us, give thanks in everything. Why? Because he is always making things new. The winter comes and then comes the spring, new life. This is what God does, and this is the God in whom we Trust. We trust in a God who can turn any situation that we face to our good. Do you believe that? Any situation we face to our good. It's not easy to give thanks in everything. But if we're only grateful to the Lord when events in life are going well, our level of gratitude is on the bottom rung. It's when we learn to give thanks even in the midst of trials and hardship that we are growing in maturity. Helen Keller, you know the name? Here's a, a woman who lived above her circumstances, who saw the blessings of God in spite of the trials that she faced. She was able to keep her focus on the Lord in, in the midst of her blindness and the foggy times, if you will, of her life. She said this, she said, so much has been given to me. I have no time to ponder over that which has been denied. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? She didn't spend any time thinking about the fact that she didn't have any sight. She consumed her thinking with gratitude, with thanking the Lord for what he had done. You know the name jo Joni Erickson Tata, right? The wheelchair-bound quadriplegic, uh, quadriplegic, I think is how you say it, right? Um, had a diving accident when she was a young person. And, you know, through her many years of suffering, Johnny's come to know the Lord better. She has a one-minute daily radio broadcast. Anybody ever hear it? She said this some time ago, talking about this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. She said, she said initially she had a misunderstanding, a misreading of what Paul 
said that there, thinking that she had to feel thankful for everything. And her friend said to her, she said this on a radio broadcast, she said, my friend wisely said, Johnny, the Bible verse doesn't say to feel thankful. Giving thanks has nothing to do with feeling thankful. There's a big difference between trusting God and having trustful feelings. And so whatever situation you find yourself in today, tonight, whatever situation you're going to find yourself in this week and through the rest of this year and into next year, whatever that is, it's a recognition, it's a trust in God no matter what it is we're facing. That is where we are able to give thanks in everything. Now, third, the cause, and it's short. What is the cause? He says, give thanks in everything. Why? For this is God's will for you. Why should I give thanks in all circumstances? It's God's will. That's what God's will is for us. You think about Job, right? I mean, Job lost nearly everything he held dear in just one day. And he says in Job 121, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. I don't, look, I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what it is that you are facing. I don't know what you've been through. But when God changes our circumstances for the better, sometimes what our thinking is, is look, when God changes things for the better, then I'll be thankful. But as long as I'm in it, I just don't know how I can be. And Job challenges us on this. Giving thanks in the midst of it. This is the will of God for us. And look what he says here in the verse. For you in Christ Jesus. So let me just make this simple point. We'll wrap this thing up. You and I might find ourselves in some difficult difficulty, in some difficult times, but that's not the only thing we're in. We are in Christ Jesus. Amen? The very moment a person receives Jesus as Savior, God puts his Holy Spirit within us. He puts us in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. You have, you're on a new team. You wear a new jersey. You, you live by new rules. In Christ, you see, Jesus changes everything. And so if you're in Jesus, God's will is for us to give thanks in everything. When the Thirty Years' War, this is back 1618 to 1648, engulfed uh, northern Europe, the Christians in Germany suffered the terrors of war. There was famine, plague. I mean, it was terrible. And there was this new pastor in in the walled city of Elenburg. His name was uh, Martin Rinkhart. And this young pastor, new pastor, um, got ministry training, you know, the fast way, the hard way. Because here in the middle of this war that bared down on them and their little town, they felt the full brunt of the war's savagery. From what I understand, refugees um, congregated there in their little walled 
town and they were under siege by the, the Swedish and the, the Austrian armies and, and that led to famine, that led to disease in, within their city and their little village was invaded. It was sacked three times. Almost everything of value was destroyed. Many, many died. And during 1637, um, history tells us that all pastors except for, uh, except for Martin either died or left the city. Martin was the only pastor left. He was the only one to perform funerals. And it is said that he held burial services 40 to 50, for 40 to 50 people a day. Eight of the 8,000 people that died, his own wife was among them. And so here is a, a, a guy, a, a believer, he looked death and destruction squarely in the face and he sought God's strength uh, in, in, in deep searching, in prayer. And what, what history tells us that when he arose off of his knees, this burdened minister had his answer from God, that nothing had really changed, that they could still praise God with a thankful spirit. And it was under those conditions that he wrote a song called Now Thanks We All Are God. Have you ever heard it? Here's what it says. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things hath done in whom this world rejoices who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us and keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills in this world and the next. All praise and thanks to God the Father now be given the Son in him who reigns with them in highest heaven, the one eternal God whom earth and heaven adore, for thus it was, is now, and shall be forevermore. This is a guy who lived through an awful time of death, war, famine that decimated his city, and this was his heart. Church, no matter what you're going through, no matter what we're going to go through in the coming days, let us give thanks to God in everything, for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. Here's your next steps, and we're done. Number one, ask God to help you to give thanks in everything. Would you do that? Would you ask him to help you? Are you going through some dark valley? Ask him to help you to give thanks in it. Number two, reflect on God's goodness and grace in your life and give him thanks. I think there's two ways we can do that. First of all, we can zoom in. We can become mindful through our day. Just be aware. Where, where do we see the blessing of God? Where, where are we recognizing? Where do we see what God is doing in our life? He lavishes goodness on us all around us all the time. Zoom in in slow down and see that and give him praise for it so zoom in and then zoom out 
What I mean by that is, you know, sometimes we, we get so focused on the here and now and that brings worry into our heart. What I would encourage us to do is to zoom out beyond the immediate and to think about all the eternal promises that we have in God, in Christ. The fact that we have a home in heaven, the fact that we know how all this ends. So when we zoom in, we can see the goodness of God, no matter what our circumstances are. And when we zoom out and we think about all the eternal truths, the promises that we have in Christ Jesus, man, there's always something for us to give thanks for. Amen? Would you pray with me? Father, would you forgive us for overlooking your lavish benefits?